0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I am Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. It is homecoming week, Kyle. Are you fired up? I know you're going to Stillwater.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I I think, you know, homecoming's always fun. Night games are usually fun and crazy. I I think there's a real opportunity for Oklahoma State to, uh, I mean, turn its season around. Now, do I think they're going to do that? Not really. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity at least, which is, uh, there, you know, there's some hope there, which I don't know you, that you've been able to say that about much of the season so far, by the way, uh, somebody pointed this out to me. I think Oklahoma state is undefeated on weeks in which we tape our podcast on a Wednesday and they have <laughs> they haven't won in weeks in which we don't. Okay. So that bodes well for, for, uh, OSU so this done. weekend.
0: We've done our part then, huh? Yeah, all Who? That's, who that's all we what? Can do. What kind soul is tracking that? I mean, how, what's our record? Are we like 5 and 0? Are we like 2 and 0? Like what's the Wednesday record?
1: No, it's 4 and 0. And then we're owing we're owing 3 when we don't.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, just just for this year. I didn't know if they were tracking yeah, this Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, 20, throughout the years. 2018, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe taping a podcast on Wednesday will lead to a quarterback change. We Did shall you? see. <laughs>
1: Did you see the line on the game?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think most of that has to do with Ellinger's status, don't you? I mean, he's out with a – or he had a AC sprain, I guess. Those are serious shoulder injuries. And I guess he's – I guess he's practicing. But I think that speaks to uh, Shane Bouchelle more than it does Oklahoma State, don't you?
1: I guess. It just – the last I saw, is it, what, three, three and a half? Three. It just seems low. Texas is number six in the country.
0: Yeah, but they're overrated. I mean, they're Whoa. not the sixth best team in the country. They they got housed by Maryland. They could have lost to Baylor. They could have lost to Kansas State. They're kind of...
1: Oklahoma State might be the second worst team in the Big 12.
0: Yeah. I mean, that again, I think this goes back... I think Shane Bouchelle and Taylor Cornelius are the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... They're about the same. I mean, they're different in that Bouchelle loves to throw the deep ball. And yeah. He can't throw the short one, and right. it's vice versa for Cornelius. But, but no, I mean, I, I think that speaks to just where where Texas is. I mean, does anyone really think they're going to run the table from here no, on out? No. No. So, no. I think I think that's Vegas is kind of adjusting the line on that.
1: Yeah, it's fair. And it's night game, homecoming. Although, Oklahoma State, as we've kind of pointed out, has been lousy at home over the last couple of years. I, I don't – Man, I I don't know what to expect on on Saturday, Carson. You know, we we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, and I think that I just I just don't think anything's going to change. It seems like they're just going to roll out the same team in different uniforms and get probably somewhat the same result that they've gotten all year. And uh, I don't know, that's that's kind of frustrating. Uh, but it'll still be interesting to see how it plays out on on Saturday evening.
0: Yeah, and again, I, I think the line's a good sign for if you're an OSU fan, you're looking at the line. I think anytime you see those, and it looks like free money to bet on Texas, the opposing team usually wins outright. So I, I do think that. While I do think a lot of it has to do with Ellinger, I do think that's a, such a curious line that when those kind of come out, the underdog usually wins outright. So that's that's a good sign, obviously as well. Do you think Oklahoma State's going to win? No. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I don't. The wild card is what they do at quarterback to me. Now, I could I could even see Taylor, Taylor – Corn- Taylor Cornelius has played well at times at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. I could see him having a good game and beating Texas. Now, would I predict that? No. I, I think if he starts, he's going to really struggle against this defense. I mean, have you seen Jordan Stearns' little brother playing safety? Uh, Hayden Stearns? Mike Gundy said,
1: well, he's, he's a really good player. I, I like him a lot. Pretty good player. Well, you, you – should have recruited him, or you should have got you should have landed well, he, him. he he did recruit him. I yeah, mean.
0: yeah. But yeah, why is he? I mean, if he goes to LSU, okay, fine. They they get a guy drafted in the first round every year. But why is he going to Texas? Yeah, I guess they're still Texas. But yeah, starting are, we really gonna, are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna start talking about Gundy's recruiting already, in this Pod? <laughs> Let's talk about Mike Boynton's recruiting instead. It's a good segue. I like that. He lands Your up, thoughts? Well, yeah. Your yeah. thoughts on Mike? lighting the recruiting trail on fire he's, with gasoline he's top 10 class i mean this is unbelievable
1: carson and I, like i i get that um i get that it's easier to land top 100 guys in basketball he's got three of or he's got two of them in the for the 2019 class and he's got three of the top 25 recruits ever at oklahoma state in 2019 one class it's his first full class I mean, he has, you know, he, he's really, he's talked the talk when it comes to recruiting. Like, this is it. This is the lifeblood. This is this is what I do. He came on this podcast and said, this is what I'm obsessed with. And now he's walking the walk. He's landing guys. And I am fired up about that because it appears, uh, you know, it, we'll see how this goes. But it appears like he can coach them, too. You know, you, you look back through the top 25 recruits, it's littered with Travis Ford guys. And it just, it just all feels like a waste. They won one tournament game and not even with any of his guys. I mean, it was with, with Sean Sutton's guys. And it feels like you're kind of marrying uh, Travis George recruiting with somebody who can really coach and really game plan. And I'm, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, it really does seem like the perfect blend. And again, you and I were very questionable. Everyone was. Everyone questioned the hire, and rightfully so. No one had really heard of him. But when he came on our podcast, Kyle, I'll never forget it. He said he was obsessed with recruiting. And you and I kind of took a, a wait-and-see approach. Well, we waited, and now we see he is he is hauling in some unbelievable recruits. I mean, it's it, it really is cool to see him following through with his vision. I mean, a, a lot of national people that I had talked to, Kyle, questioned whether he could based based solely on connections in that nobody knew who he was, just like we didn't. A lot of the recruiting people, you know, question whether he can make the connections with these big-time recruits and reel them in. And, man, he's proving everyone wrong. He, he is. I mean, I, I tweeted out a, a joking poll who has the higher approval rating between Mike Boynton, Mike Gundy, Mike Holder, and Mike Yersich. I put <laughs> I put Yersich on there just to trigger everybody. And it, it happened. But, um. I mean, his he wanted in a runaway. I mean, it's, it's remarkable how far he's come in a short period of time.
1: Well, it, yeah, it, it's a little bit unfair to Gundy, right? Because he's he's won so much, and Boynton's, you know, hadn't even made the NCAA tournament yet. But I think in terms of, like, in the moment, pure excitement, and, and I think it goes back to, you know, I think we look at recruiting and we think there's, like, this magic formula. Or if, um, you know, we look nationally and we're like, oh, if so and so, if if this team is getting a bunch of players, they must be paying. You know, we we, we talk about all these like silly things, uh, and it's really just it's just time. Like you just put the time. It's like anything. Like if if you're somewhat talented and you put time in, you're gonna get good results. And I mean, every time you look up, my Boynton's flying to Georgia. He's flying to Virginia. I mean, he's going all over the place to recruit guys, and it's working. You know, you, uh, Marshall Scott wrote about this. Uh, at media day last week, he he talked about all the young guys who are like, yeah, I just, I just love Mike Boynton. Like I just, he, I just love him, you know? And, uh, this is, you know, to bring it back to Gundy, you juxtapose it with, he, he doesn't spend that time out recruiting. He just, he just doesn't. I, I don't think that's like a hot take. I don't think that's untruthful. He's just not obsessed with recruiting like, like Boynton is, or, or maybe even like young Mike Gundy was. and, we're seeing the, what happens when you don't have an NFL quarterback to, to kind of cover that up. And, uh, you know, that's something I've been writing about for a few weeks, and I think that's kind of the reality of both programs right now.
0: Well, someone brought up a really good point in the comments section of all places. I happened to, <laughs> happen to go in there for some reason. I don't know why. But they said they brought up how remember when Gundy was first hired and some of the what he would harp on all the time was recruiting is the most important thing that we do. Yeah. When's the last time he said that? Yeah, I saw that. It's been it's been a decade, probably. Yeah, and that that juxtaposes excellently against what Mike Boynton does. I'll never forget Kyle when when Mike Boynton went and beat West Virginia on the road, mm. one of the best wins of his career. That night, he's in a gym watching the Boone twins, and the Boone twins reference that as to one of the reasons why they ultimately decided on Oklahoma State and Mike Boynton. I mean, you got a it's a twenty hour a day job, pretty much <laughs> coaching and has made a ton of money he's got a big contract he's won a lot of games it's only natural and Bob Stoops was the same way it's only natural to relax a little when it comes to the grind and Gundy's even said that he he tells his assistant coaches to go home they're not just you know beating their desks all day long so that and and I'm not here to say that what Gundy's doing is wrong but there's a clear there's a clear demarcation line between young Gundy obsessed with recruiting and current. There yeah, it really
1: is. Yeah. It's it's a great point. And, and if you look at, man, I, I went back and looked at some of the, I, I forgot why I did that. I think I was, I think I wrote up, was writing about just kind of comparing Boynton to Gundy and some of those early classes. I mean, we've talked, we, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this at the same time, but we've talked about how many NFL guys they had, Kendall Hunter, Brandon Pettigrew, all these guys, Guess what? That was a result of recruiting really well early, you know, like 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 you talked about, like that being uh, Gundy being like so much more into that and getting t- they had a top uh, 25 class. They had a top they had a, they had the 18th ranked class in the country, Carson, in like 06. I mean, that's that you can win the Big 12 often if you have the coaching that Gundy has, has shown to have. And if you're marrying that with top 18 classes, the problem is their last four classes have been 38th, 44th, 32nd, you know, like that's, it just, it's not going to work. And we're seeing that this year.
0: I'm looking up old classes now. You got me going down the rabbit hole.
1: 2006, I think was the, was the best class he ever had, which was his first full class. I think. Yeah. Maybe 07. I I think it might be 07. Okay. Uh, Rachetti Jones and Dez and I guess Rachetti was later, but Dez was in that class. There were some guys. I mean, there were some Rachetti,
0: some... Dez, William Cole, who was mm. like a high school legend. Yeah, uh, Kendall Hunter, Josh Cooper was in that class. Under the radar pick. Uh, let's see here. These are all NFL guys that you're talking about. Jam- Jamie Blatnick, Dan Bailey. Yeah. Or wait, Dan Bailey was a transfer. That, that can't be right. Anyway. I can't remember what your pedigree was. I don't see him on here, but one of those first classes remains his best class that he's ever had. He's been been on the job thirteen years.
1: Yeah, so.
0: yeah, it's crazy. But um. no, I mean, I mean, I know, I know. He, Mike Boynton hasn't won a tournament game, but and I know those those midweek non-conference games are just never going to be attended well, but. Come Big Twelve play, GIA is going to be packed because I think I think Mike Boynton's completely won over the OSU fan base. Yeah, and they play hard. Like that, that's the one thing that I think won over a lot of people last year. Kyle was there. Just seemed like there was actual direction. Obviously, he could drop a play, which I loved last year, which was which was something new we didn't see under Travis Ford. But mainly, they just they just played hard, and that's like what OSU basketball is, right? Defense and hustle. So that. I can't, I'm, I'm for the first time in a long time, Kyle, I'm actually anticipating basketball season.
1: Well, I thought it was telling that, you know, you go out and and went, they're picked
0: last by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. By, by a wide margin, which to be fair, I, I think there's going to be some like he's, he's building for the future and they might not be that good in 2018, 19. I mean, they just don't, they just, they just don't have enough guys. I mean, they don't, who's going to score, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that later on.
0: said that last year.
1: Yeah, but they had Jeffrey Carroll last year. You you could sort of you could Daniel sort of Smith too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might it might be a little. It, it, I think this year is going to be maybe his toughest year because he doesn't have his guys yet, and he doesn't have the leftover. It's kind of like the in between year, and, and so I don't know. That that'll be interesting. But I thought it was telling Carson that you go out and get Marcus Watson on a Sunday night, and the next week he's in. Um, uh, where was he? He was in Dallas. He was, he was in Richardson. He was like two miles. So he should have come by the shed. He's recruiting in Richardson <laughs> for like 2022. 20, I mean, he's a maniac when it comes to recruiting. It's awesome. And uh, I don't know. I just, I I'm fired up by it. I think it's energizing. I think he's energizing. And I think that's uh, only a good thing for Oklahoma state basketball.
0: Can he be Mike Gundy's recruiting coordinator <laughs> in addition to basketball coach? <laughs> He's just the closer Gundy just brings him in and just has him talk about OSU just
1: send him just rehire Marcus Arroyo and send him and Boyton across around the country just
0: oh my goodness
1: barnstorming just
0: package deals yeah you, you go to the gym I go to the football stadium we'll reconvene in the in the lunchroom
1: <laughs> uh that would be uh that that would be phenomenal. They would have gotten Antonio Gates for sure. Those uh, Julius Peppers, those, those those crossover stars.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know what you were going for they, there. It was like, like Antonio
1: Gates. No, they would have just killed when it comes to, to Rico crossover. Rico Gathers? Yeah, Rico Gathers. There you yeah.
0: go. More current edition.
1: Carson, we need to uh, – we, we may have buried the lead here. We did. Uh, Oklahoma State's going to wear some unis on Saturday night that are uh, – they're pretty spectacular.
0: They're – amazing i mean <laughs> you and i have been talking about this for so long so long and not only are they finally going to wear them they they pulled them off in spectacular fashion i mean yeah. there's not one thing i would change and on top of that they add the Barry patch mm. on the jersey yeah like they have barry sanders on the jersey this is unbelievable I this love, is perfection. I this love, is the best uniform they've ever worn, and they haven't even worn it yet. The
1: yes, agree, completely agree. They, and they've done this well over the years. They they sort of joined up the modern with the old, with the throwback, and they've done it so well because you bring the you're bringing the old logo, the '88 logo, and and you're putting it on the 2018 helmet. But the way they've done it is perfect. I don't. I mean, I think there's a way to do it to where it looks goofy and bad. And they have done the opposite of that. It is, it is awesome. They haven't done too much. They haven't gotten out of their box, gotten out of their world.
0: <laughs> oh, man, these are spectacular. <laughs> The old brand looks glorious. The, oh, how I missed her.
1: The uh, the only thing is, the irony of them getting beat by Texas by 28 points uh, with the name Sanders on the jersey and not playing the Sanders they have on the team is going to be... I don't, I don't know if I can handle it. It might be too much.
0: Yeah. You certainly wish it was Mason Rudolph wearing it, don't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. And... Like I, the irony is not lost on me that the future of the franchise is named Sanders. Yeah. And his number is 3, which 2 plus 1 from Barry equals 3. Mm. Like like the Illuminati would have you would, would have us believe that Spencer will run out there first. <laughs> if if uni karma is real and I I do think it is, I think they will play better than they have. Yeah. But, I mean, just down to the down to the numbers on the helmet. Yeah. Just everything about it. It's unbelievable. And I know it, it kind of – I go back and forth on this, Kyle, because, like, if they wore those every single game all year and then they busted out what they currently wear, we'd be flipping out about what – you know, we'd be flipping about that too, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, what's, what's old is new again. Yeah. But, man, they – they're just so clean, and so I think they should wear these every homecoming, but I do, I do like the fact they can mix it up and go back to, like, 1940-something, too, and that's my a question I would have uh, for our guests coming up is, can they just do an entirely revamped uniform every year for mm-hmm. homecoming? I know there's a lot of rules with that, which I'm sure we'll get into, but it's just, job well done. I mean, it's everything we've wanted and more. <laughs>
1: Uh, we're going to call Justin Williams, who's in charge of the uniforms uh, at Oklahoma State, and we're going to talk to him about just kind of how this came about. I know you and I have had, we I feel like we've had a lot of questions over the years that are like hypotheticals or like, man, we should we should find somebody who knows this. Well, now we've got that person, so hopefully he's ready for about two hours worth of questioning. Um, <laughs> it's time for the Coop Works guest of the week. Coop Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the Refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupe Works. and please remember to drink responsibly. Carson, uh, we are going to enjoy some cold coupe Works on Saturday at a tailgate in Stillwater. Uh, I have not announced this yet on the site, but Kyle Boone and I and a few other guys are headed up, and uh, we are going to... Uh, we've got some coupe, we've got some... Uh, we got some PFB stickers. I think we're going to have some koozies by Saturday and we're basically just going to go find a spot and, uh, just kind of tweet out where we're at and just hang out for a while. See if people want to come by, get some, get some free gear, get some free, uh, some free coop. So that should be, that should be a lot of fun.
0: Awesome, yeah. I can't, uh, I can't be consuming any coop because I'm doing an hour long pregame show. Well, so it's I'm six I can't either because I'm going to be on your pregame
1: show. But uh, <laughs> everybody else who comes by can can feel free to consume the rest of the coop. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. There'll be more details on the website later on uh, in the week. But let's call Justin Williams and uh, see what he has to say about the homecoming uniforms.
0: All right, joining us right now is the head of equipment staff for uh, Oklahoma State football, Justin Williams, the man, the myth, the legend now we're calling you for the 1988 <laughs> uh, throwback uniforms. Justin, thanks for being with us. And first off, just uh, how how exciting is it for you? you? You mentioned in the article on the Oklahoman that this is kind of the, one of your first ideas when you were named uh, head of the equipment staff. Just how exciting is this for you for this to finally come out, these 88 throwbacks?
2: Oh, uh, it's it's amazing that how it all came together so far. It's just, um, you know, I, like you said, you mentioned the Oklahoma article. It's just, it was in, it was in your mind to get it done. And, and you knew that, um, throughout the transition of, of Matt Davis moving out and then trying to move in is just every, every day it just kind of drug on. And it's just, it's, you were kind of like feeling like maybe you wouldn't be able to get, get the opportunity to, to get it, to Nike in time to make it happen and everything worked out perfect and, and the, the people at Nike were amazing to work with and, and they expedited a lot of the process that they had on their end to help help bring it to life and it, it looks great.
1: It does look great. I'm curious about what there, there's so many moving parts there I think the article mentioned that about you've got Mike Holder involved you got Chad Weiberg you got Nike you got the team I mean there's just so many different things what's the most difficult? part of putting all this together for something that's not a a, you know a week-to-week uniform it's it's a one-off it's something different that you guys do what's the hardest part of that
2: well i mean just getting the getting the idea in front of nike and having them um run with it the way they did it probably was the most challenging because honestly Coach, coach holder um, Chad Weiberg uh, and Coach Gundy they, they really have given us a lot of freedom to to do our designs and I and I say our I mean this this equipment room and and even when Matt Davis was here, I mean because they know we're lifelong cowboys, uh, we're alums. Um, we we poured a lot of our lives into this place and they know that and um, so we've got a really good relationship with those people and a trust built with them over time of working here that we're not going to put anything out there that doesn't reflect the passion or, or uh, that we feel like would represent the Cowboy family in, in a, in a top notch way. So um, as far as any internal hurdles, I mean, you know, I showed it the coach and he was all about it. Coach Gundy was just like, yeah, why wouldn't we, you know? I mean, he thought it looked great. And then, obviously showing it to Coach Holder and, and Chad, they were like they were all on board too. Probably the most challenging part was to make sure we gave Nike enough time to you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw the shoes released today. So, you know, this was an overall event. I mean, this just wasn't a typical uniform deal. This is a, a celebration and to tie it with homecoming and, and, and the world you know, the American's greatest homecoming theme and everything, it's just that the moving parts there are more than just a normal game.
0: How how does it work with with Nike, Justin? When you guys come up with, do you come up with your own designs with your with yourselves? Do you design it on a computer and send it to them? Do they tweak it and send it back? Just how much collaboration is there between your room and Nike? Because I'm sure it has to go through a lot of you know red tape with them. Well,
2: yeah, on this on this deal on this particular deal, I mean, it's pretty tough explanatory you know you look at barry sanders and you're like there it is you know but on the deal (laughs) on on the deal before you know with uh with the paisley uniforms that we've come out with uh yeah i mean they're just meetings on top of meetings and and i mean they do their homework uh we deal with christy lazonas there she's she's an artist there and and basically we just we dive into the history and and since we're since we're lifelong Cowboy fans, like my family's brought me to games here since I was three years old. I mean, since, and she's been the lifelong Oklahoma State Cowboy as well. You know, since in the redesign of the overall look, then we wanted to add history to it because, you know, a, there's a lot of great history to Oklahoma State. And, and not only to enjoy what we're having now with the success and the new facilities and, and all the positive things that are happening now, but to, to add our history to it and just, to, just bring it all together – It's just something that I feel like if you're an alum, you know, all the little intricacies to it would just kind of make anybody proud. And and she really listened to us and our ideas and kind of what we wanted to add to it. And then, you know, there were some things that we cut out of it and and just to make sure that it was something that that stayed really, really Oklahoma State themed and, and didn't really get too far, didn't get stretched out too far.
1: When you're when you're talking about uniforms and the NCAA and, and kind of the regulations and everything, what what are the rules around that? Because I presume you can't just go off the rails and do whatever you want. But but the only rule or regulation that I know of is you got to wear you know white on the road, and and that's it. So what like, what what are the parameters that you're dealing with in, in terms of coming up with uniform combinations and, and, and different things like that?
2: We really, I mean, yeah, obviously we're wearing white on the road um outside of that we really haven't pushed the issue i mean there are some things that you could you know arguably people people could try to use a you know a gray a light light gray as a neutral color and 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 try to simulate the white which you know has been discussed but um i don't know if you you know i we haven't gone down that road yet so i don't know if that's something that you know if you if you use a really really light gray almost like a silver look if, if you know what you have to jump through as far as hurdles there but um honestly we we wear white on the road we mix up the pants like we do um but it's you know there's some schools that wear white at home um, lsu is probably the most recognizable there and um you know you do have to uh get that through not only the league, but the NCAA, to get approval and, and make sure you can do that. So that's not out of the out of the realm of possibility. But you know, we haven't done that here. And in our tradition, we've got plenty of good home looks to use. So we try to keep all those for for the home fans. And then obviously the white jersey is clean too. But that's what we we traditionally want on the road. So.
0: When the new uniforms came about in 2011, Gundy said like Whedon and Blackman just just pick the combos. <laughs> I'm sure it's more intricate than that. And and how do you <laughs> and how do you guys pick them now? Now that uh, you know Whedon and Blackman obviously aren't there.
2: Well, there's a lot that goes into that with the with the helmets and stuff. Honestly, we try to put something together in the spring. Uh, for, so, so for like this year, um, besides the throwback, because that needed pretty much it's almost a two year. You know, they, want, they would like to have a two-year window to get that done, but we, we pretty much knew what we were going with on homecoming uh, last spring. But then we just kind of sit down and look at the schedule and in working with our helmet companies and trying to get reconditioning back and trying to make sure that all the moving parts that go into the uniform, whether it be even shoes and, and all that stuff, we try to make sure that we have everything that we need to complete the look in hand and ready to go before we commit to anything but we also like to try to give ourselves a blueprint so even though we might come up with a blueprint in the spring of of what we would like to see and when we'd like to see it you know throughout the season we may have to alter that due to the circumstances that are out of control i don't know if you saw it but the, the, the florida equipment truck caught on fire a few weeks ago yeah 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 that would probably throw a wrinkle in some of your uniform combinations, you know, (laughs) and you never know what kind of things like that could happen. So um, we try to have a plan and then we get it in front of the guys, you know, most notably probably the the committee members and try to show them and just let them see it. And for the most part, they don't have a problem with how things work out because, uh, you know, we've been around this for a while and we kind of get a good feel kind of what they like wearing on certain on certain games and what what they like to see certain times and but sometimes they'll say hey man could we could we move this here move that there and if, and if that's the case then we'll, we'll try to accommodate and make them happy because that's who it's for
1: what what takes up the majority of your time during the week because i know you're doing about a thousand different things what's the thing that you maybe you don't dread but you're just like wow this takes up a ton of time for both me and and my team that that we're dealing with
2: Uh, honestly, you know, just the operation itself. You know, my staff, uh, Matt Holting and Lynn Magby are my two full-time assistants, and we've got uh, 14 student managers here. And, honestly, we we handle a lot of operation stuff, so handling practice. Uh, You know, we do laundry um, on top of getting uniforms ready. You know, we we will sew the uniforms after games. If there's rips stairs, you know, we, we sew the uniforms. Uh, we completely strip down the helmets and completely re-decal the helmets every week. Uh, any damaged face mask, any damage, you know, any, anything damaged on the helmets, we completely go through those and gut those because our job number one is to protect the student athlete. And we're committed a hundred percent to doing that. So uh, the helmet is a big deal. And uh, I would say if there's one task that really gets a lot of attention, it's probably going to be getting the helmets ready just because yeah. that's, not only is it the the headline piece of your uniform, more times than not, it's also the most protective piece of equipment that we handle. So that's that's where a lot of our attention lies.
0: The gray jerseys are back. We hadn't seen those since, I believe, <laughs> 2014 or 2013. My memory is fading on me. But why why were they gone for so long? Was it just a case you liked uh, different looks better? Or was there a reason we hadn't seen them in a while?
2: You know, I just think that... Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because we, we, we needed to have something else to play and then keep things moving, you know, kind of just hide it for a little bit and let it gain some more popularity and then break it back out. I, I always think it's a great look, and, I, and I'm and i an Oklahoma State fan. I'm, I've i been an Oklahoma State fan my entire life, and I, I'm not young per se anymore, but I, I think the younger generation really gets into it. I think that they like it. I know our players love it. And yeah. And 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 I listen to that, and and I know there's a generation that's 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 not their favorite, and and I get that too. I was in, the, I was in my wife, my wife the uh, dental hygienist I was getting my teeth clean, and I had a lady literally come in there and say, "Hey, don't ever wear those great jerseys again." And I'm just <laughs> like, "Really? Like, I, can I just get my teeth clean? You know, I mean, I, I get it a, a lot of places. So, honestly, you know, just understand that, that we're committed to Oklahoma State, we're committed to the football program." And we're committed to making us look the best we can We can make us look. And I know that there's some people that don't like necessarily some things, and there's some people that don't like others. But for the most part, from start to finish, I think everybody gets a little something out of it. And I think that, that relatively just the overall look is very clean, and, and I think it really uh, reflects well on Oklahoma State every time we roll out. And sometimes the looks are a little bit – you know, not everybody's favorite, but at least it's, it's something that they can enjoy.
1: It seems like you guys have been coming out with a, a, a at least kind of rolling in one, maybe two new helmets every year for the past few years. H- how hard is that to, to kind of coordinate? And, and, and is it, you know, I know sometimes it's just a matter of, uh, you know, putting, putting decals on them or, or whatever, but just it, how how do you coordinate like, all these different helmets? Because it feels like, I don't know what the number is right now. It feels like there's like 30 of them. And, and just how do you keep track of all that and, and, and kind of plan out for the future?
2: Well, I have, an, I, mean, I have an Excel spreadsheet that's basically covered our uniform combinations ever since we started doing it. And I'll be honest with you, uh, sometimes I just have to go to Google. <laughs> as far as what decals go to back, I'm like, good night. What, what numbers do we put on the back? There? I mean, because honestly, it does after a while, I mean, you know what games you wore those helmets on, so sometimes you might just have to hit Twitter and just go, what we, when we wore this last time, what was the, and, and you just got to get a good shot of the back, and then, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably embarrassing to say that, but I mean, it's just true, you know, sometimes you just have to maybe kind of refresh your memory, because there are, I mean, we've, we've tried to keep things so fresh and, so, and, and constantly moving forward that sometimes you know, it, it is hard to try to remember every single detail, but when we wear a helmet that we've worn before, we want to keep everything consistent. So, um, you know, that's, you know, it gets challenging sometimes, but like I said, my staff is great. They do an outstanding job. They handle a lot of the, uh, of the, uh, operation of, of getting those helmets ready. So, um, it doesn't happen a lot, but there's times, yeah, you just have to hit Google up and see a picture of it and say, Oh yeah, that's right. That's where we, you know, that's what, that's what we put on there.
0: No, I don't blame you, man. The first, the first couple of years, you could remember because it was only 2011 and 2012 or whatever. But now we're so far down the road, and you guys have done so many helmets. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. And I do want to give you credit too, Justin. The the uh, helmets are awesome. I mean, the fact you've come up with so many different ones, it's it's really been fun for us to to talk about and and get excited about. But I, the question I wanted to ask you was, how did the badge come about? I really have grown to love the badge. And I've even heard a rumor it might be going away as a secondary logo. Tell me that's not true. I love the badge. Well,
2: I can't say uh, one way or the other, but if that happens, it's not going down without a fight. (laughs) And and I'll be honest with you, you know, uh, Chief and I really feel connected to that. Um, We worked together for a long time here, and um, he's like a brother to me. You know, when I got into this profession as a student manager – you know, he kind of helped train me and get me ready uh, for, for the job that I have now more than anybody, and, um, you know, for that redesign to happen when it did, and for for that to come out of that redesign, um, that, that, I mean, that really kind of, I mean, we kind of feel like that's kind of our deal, you know, and, and, and I know it's Oklahoma State. I mean, it's, I'm not sure. trying to take anything away from representing Oklahoma State, but, you know, when you put the work into it and you see something like that come out, and and it's and it's really popular. I mean, people love that thing. Um, but the fact that we added the orange, we kind of added the orange badge because at first it came out of the one-color piece, and and we really wanted that OSU to pop. And how that thing turned out, I mean, just the the neat things that have come out of that. Um, you know, it just it's it's. I, I hope it sticks around too, and I'm and I'm fighting to keep it. So hopefully hopefully we'll we'll continue to see it.
1: Justin, we have a, a weekly segment that's uh, sponsored by Chris's University Spirit, where we uh, kind of do a, 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 a review of the uniforms, or we try and try and guess what's going to be worn the next week. Uh, I, I hope we... y'all get it right this week. Yeah, I hope now you
2: get it right this week. I, that's why I, that's why I wanted them to release it on Monday, and so all you guys could nail it because <laughs> I am not bunch you guys completely strike out this year.
1: We need the help. Yeah, we 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 needed a lot of help, but I, I wanted to ask you since since you're on and and there's no there's no bigger expert. What uh, what's your favorite combo all time?
2: Uh, whichever one wins, but you know I, I'll tell you this: this is going to be hard to beat. I mean, this is even growing up as a kid, this was. I mean, this is the one I remember. You know, I remember seeing Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders in this in this field with Lewis Lewis Field and. Um, you know what, I mean, honestly, when you're putting the decals on this, because my first year as a student here, we still use this decal. And mm-hmm. uh, when you're putting this decal on, it brings back a lot of memories. I mean, yeah. and I have had zero, I mean, some, you know, you throw out, for instance, the gray probably gets the most feedback that people aren't very positive about. But <laughs> you throw out anything, you got some people that don't, you know, they may not like the orange helmet, or you may they may not like the whatever, I've heard zero negative about this. I mean, this everybody's been on board. Um, This the brand, everything about this just looks so clean and and good. And like I said, my job was easy. I just had to point to a picture of Barry Sanders and say, "That's what we need to do." And and then that, you know, it 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 took care of itself. But to to put the decals on this, uh, it'll be tough to top this one.
0: Are there rules, Justin, with, you know, obviously this is a two-year project, the 1988 throwbacks, but let's say next year you wanted to wear the 1952 throwbacks, or name a year. (laughs) Do you have to, is there rules against doing an entirely new uniform as opposed, you know, obviously week to week you just wear different combos, but as far as wearing an entirely new uniform, are there rules with just Nike and CAA? Just explain a little bit about that.
2: Well, I think that, I don't know if the NCAA – I mean, as long as you don't do just something outrageously off the wall, like tone-on-tone numbers or something that just might completely – I don't know how much really the NCAA stands in the way. They're getting actually more involved with – this year was the first year I actually had to send them basically images of everything we were going to wear so they could at least have it on file. But – and I think that there is some some of that going on where they're trying to clean some of that up, but we're – we're pretty much probably not going to do anything that violates anything on the NCAA side. You know, it's more just working with Nike and, and coming up with the story. I mean, I'm already working on stuff for next year um, and, and in the future to keep things moving forward. Um, uh, But it's more just getting in front of Nike and, and, giving them an opportunity to get on board with the story or, or a direction of what we want to do and, 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 and move it forward that way. So, you know, they can get involved and, it's fair to them that that we all get, you know, a plenty of time to put something together that really,
1: really looks good. Uh, you mentioned in that Oklahoma article that uh, there would be more surprises this week. I, I presume one of those was uh, the shoes that got revealed on on Wednesday. Is that is there anything? I won't put you on the spot and ask you what, but is there anything beyond that that we can look forward to on Saturday? Well,
2: I mean, it's uh, it's America's greatest homecoming, man. I mean, there's always. <laughs> something, something to look forward to, right? Uh, the, shoe, the shoes actually are, are a part of that, yes. Um, I was really looking forward to that, too, because that was part of the discussion when we started this deal, too, is that uh, we wanted to include the shoe. We wanted the shoe to be a part of this. Uh, the, not only, and that's what made it more of the event is, uh, you know, Barry's involved, uh, the War Pigs, his offensive line's involved. He's getting his fullbacks involved. Um. Barry always recognized everybody else for his accomplishments. He was always a great teammate that way. And, you know, we wanted to make this an event that everybody that, that loves Oklahoma State can appreciate. So, I, you know, the week's still, you know, we're only on Wednesday. They're still fine. So, I, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll just have we'll, to wait and
1: see. Will guys actually wear the shoes on Saturday?
2: During the game? Yeah. Uh, no.
1: Okay.
0: I
2: can't. No, I can't
0: back that one up. Okay, okay. well Mike, um, Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy coaching hey, his letter jacket?
2: <laughs> well, you know, hey, I, No, I can't. I can't say anything there. There's no telling what he'll. Do. I mean, I I try, but that's, I'm not always successful on that deal. He he <laughs> he, he marches to his own beat sometimes, but now the the shoes that, that these are more of a just a these are more of a travel a travel shoe for these guys to to have and enjoy, and and I'll be honest with you, these guys. If if you handed them even the exact pair of cleats that Barry wore back in the day, they'd look at you like you were crazy if you tried to make those those running backs wear them today. They don't want anything that that big and heavy. They like sleek and fast. So uh, there, there's not going to be any players I don't see trying to trying to wear these on game day. The
1: the the, the marrying of the uh, the old with the new is what we were talking about bef- before we brought you on, and and I think that you guys have done a great job with that. The the bringing the throwbacks into 2018 and, and you know, I know that, that they're going to have, you know, it, it's, it's different. It's a different style. It's different uh, cleats and all that stuff. And I, I think the whole combo is just, it's going to look awesome together. So kudos on that. Congrats on uh, being able to get that done. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your time today, Justin. Well, thanks guys. and
2: Enjoy, enjoy talking to you. Uh, look forward to maybe meeting you guys one day uh, in person, but uh, appreciate the love man. And we'll, we'll hope to, uh, keep giving you guys
1: plenty to talk about. Absolutely, Justin. We'll talk to you later, man. Great job. All Thanks, guys. Justin. Thank
2: you.
0: I think okay. that I think that was an invitation to be uh, uniform consultants. I think, <laughs> I think. I think that's what that was, Kyle. Uh, I I I don't. Uh, no, no, I don't it, either. It was.
1: Uh, uh, I was so interesting. I I feel like I we need to have him on again to not to talk about stuff. I I mean, we had to focus on the homecoming stuff this week, obviously, but I I feel like I had 50 more questions that I could have asked him. Uh, It's, it's a super intriguing position because you are, I mean, you're responsible for how things look on Saturdays. I mean, it sounds, I don't know. I mean, that seems, I guess, obvious maybe, but it's, it's a cool job. And, and, and obviously he cares deeply about it and, and his staff cares deeply and uh, they've done a great job with it.
0: Well, it's clear to me in in talking to him that he's every bit as passionate about uniforms as we are, if not infinitely <laughs> more so. Which, which is a great thing. That's how you get to where OSU is now with uniforms. They're known for their uniforms, and so it was cool to get his perspective. And I I thought it was interesting, Kyle, that this is a two year project. Yeah. Like they've been they've been wanting to do this for quite some time. You know, we've been calling for it for a couple years, and clearly they have too. So I thought that was interesting, just how much goes into that and, and really how much of an event they're making it, rolling it out with the the Barry Sanders shoes, with the, you know, the Barry Sanders 30th year, it kind of, the timing kind of worked out perfectly, but I thought that was a little surprising that it's taken, you know, two, four years to get all this uh, put together.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and just, and, and, and it wasn't even an Oklahoma state hangup. It didn't sound like it, it was, it wasn't like Mike Holder was like, no, you can't, you know, can't wear these, but rather just coordinating with Nike. And, and I think it goes to show just how, I mean, it is such a big business. There's these huge contracts and there's just so much that goes into it that, that we don't see. And, and, uh, I don't know. It, it was pretty intriguing. You know, we, we forgot to ask him, Carson, who his uh, all time uni Heisman, uh, player is.
0: It probably would have said Barry, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. So we're, we're just in that mindset right now with 88. Yeah. Barry, Barry yeah. could rock the uni too now. Yeah. I always thought yeah, it was interesting he, he wore twenty one in college, but twenty in the pros. I'd like. To, I wonder why. But, but uh, get, who's your all time, time? Who's your all time Uni Heisman? Uh, I th- I always thought Zach looked pretty good.
1: Um, I also wanted to ask Justin who the most particular player about their uniform ever was. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, because uh, uh, I bet there. I bet there's been some guys that you know had to have all their stuff in the in the right order and. And all that. Uh, probably Justin Gilbert. I mean, it's so
0: hard to go against that. He's the reason the term Uni Heisman came about. Yeah, yeah. Dez is up there, though. Yeah. Dez looks like a created player on NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ty-
1: Tyron and Calvin Bundage are up there, too. Tyron's up there for sure. Just trying to think who else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I just default to... To justin gilbert
0: yeah des and gilbert that's yeah one too uh i brought up the letter jacket kyle I, i'm staring at a picture of barry sanders when he came back <laughs> i just tweeted this out uh one thing we have never talked about is how awesome osu's letter jackets are yeah they're incredible they're amazing there's the the single block o and orange with the the, the uh the lighter colored sleeves with the stripes on the end, oh my gosh, they're awesome, like gundy should absolutely wear that shouldn't he on Saturday yeah. I, Josh Holliday, like I think he I think Josh Holiday does wear it or he's got it on in,
1: in his like uh, biopic or something does he really I think so that's amazing yeah it's it's awesome it's it's the best. Garth Brooks, I've seen
0: wearing it. Yeah, the picture I, I saw was it was Garth, Robin Ventura, and Barry Sanders. They all came back for a game and they were honored uh, during the game and they're all rocking their letter jackets. Pretty pretty sweet. So yeah, Gun- if Gundy wears that oh she's gonna win. <laughs> I'm trying to they find Holiday's make- picture.
1: Marshall Scott said they should make uh uh Gundy wear there's not a twelve on offense apparently for Oklahoma State. They should, you should just, just wear the Gund- jersey. Yeah, he should just coach in his uni.
0: (laughs) I almost asked uh, Justin if if they just made one for Mike too, because you know, you know, Gundy standing there on the sidelines, (laughs) he just pulls the gold chain out of his polo and just starts thinking about the old days. Like, God, I used to rock that uniform. (laughs) You know, he just, just the the gold chain reminds him of when he was big man on campus.
1: I saw this. Uh, I saw this like mini documentary, "A Day in the Life of Cliff Kingsbury," the other day, and uh, he it was really interesting actually because he was like recruiting and and talking to Booster, all these different things, and he was working out at like he could, he got to the the facility at like three forty five a.m. It was absurd, but he was working out in the morning before everybody got there, and I was like, all I could think of is Gundy on the elliptical, thinking that. That he like looking in the mirror, seeing seeing Cliff. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's my wife's favorite thing that you've ever said. I think.
0: What that when Gundy looks in the mirror, he sees Cliff. Yeah, she
1: that kills her every time. <laughs> it's so true.
0: Which I, I I still want Cliff to be like the OC, and just Gundy to have just a a hair off with Cliff, just who has a better hair. <laughs> Better shades.
1: Texas Tech's pretty good this year. I don't think Cliff's going anywhere.
0: No, he's he saved his job for sure. Yeah, but now uh, if Gundy if Gundy rocks the jersey, like the jersey underneath the letter jacket, mm, just yeah. unbutton a couple buttons to where you can see the jersey and yeah. the gold in the gold chain, obviously. Yeah, be incredible. Yeah.
1: So. Okay, let's hear uh, one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and uh, wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Um. Okay, Carson. I got three three quick questions for you. Do, uh, first, do you agree with Justin that these are the best? This is the best combo of all time.
0: Uh, I can't say that. I mean, I want to say yes, Kyle, but I'm never going to forget walking into the Fiesta Bowl and mm. seeing and seeing the all black for the first time, yeah, yeah. they just o s u just looked bigger than Stanford, they looked meaner, and <laughs> you know, Justin Blackman wearing that uniform was just frightening, so i mean i I reserve judgment, but I, I'm leaning yes, just with all the details, you know the old brand the the patch with Barry on it, the numerals on the helmet, yeah, so I, I'm leaning eighty eight I got to see it and come to fruition first, but I'm never going to forget the festival either that was. Because remember when they came up with the new uniforms, we hadn't seen all black yet. We had never seen all black on an, on an OSU field. Yeah, and boom, we saw it in the biggest game of the year, and it was spectacular.
1: Man, I was watching uh, to console myself for twenty eighteen. I was watching two thousand eleven highlights. Just, uh, Justin Blackmon was bigger than everybody else. He was a he was a menace. Just a just a just a oh. monstrosity.
0: Oh, that like screen pass that he took the house where he was just throwing guys off him like children. Yeah. This is why this is why he's 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 the goat OSU when it comes to receivers.
1: Yeah. I think that I think that's
0: right. And I think in hindsight, like believe me, I was all on the weed and trained for Heisman, but you go back and look at his stats, like he should have been like Blackman should have been in New York. Mm, Like that's an all time season from a receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the Larry Fitzgerald I mean we've talked about this. It's the Larry Fitzgerald Calvin Johnson season. And I think both I I'm, I'm pretty sure both of those guys were in New York. Right. Uh, whenever they put up those numbers. But or Crabtree, I guess. Um okay, my next question is so I got I got two more. We're gonna pull out pull out of the uniforms and get back to the to the football. Uh does Oklahoma State make a bowl game this year? Yes or no?
0: Hmm. With current starting quarterback or different?
1: Well, I, I mean, that's going to be my next question. So, just presume things. I mean, I don't. Flow.
0: It's hard to see two wins, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, yeah. a, I'm I'm going to say no for now. I'm going to say
1: yes. Uh, TCU is not good. Uh, Baylor's not that good, and it. Baylor I, I Baylor know. is a lot better than OSU right now. A well, lot. That that's probably true.
0: And but it's Waco. It,
1: like, there's a lot of there's a lot of games left. There's a lot of changes. They can, I mean, there's just there's too many games left for me to say that they're definitely not going to win two more of them. Does it look likely? No. And I think you might be right. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the I'm gonna say they they continue the streak.
0: Well, they're not as bad as they've played. I'll say that, but they were favored in all seven games in their 4 and 3 i know they're, they're going to be underdogs in their remaining games so can they cert, can they beat texas on saturday sure they can and they, they they absolutely should beat tcu they're they're a mess but um the odds are certainly against it yeah
1: okay last one uh, i wrote a lot about spencer sanders last week uh, did, am that's i going a, it
0: that's putting it lightly
1: am i <laughs> yeah everybody made me very aware of that uh am i going overboard in my uh, in the in the love fest that has been the start spencer sanders campaign
0: absolutely not yeah i, mean, I think you've pointed out rightfully i think everyone's kind of come around to you lately this week pointing out his pedigree yeah like, this is not this is not um mason Rudolph. this is not jw walsh this is Spencer. This is the Texas Player of the Year, as Bill Haston pointed out. And Bill Haston said he has the second best arm that has ever been on campus. Mm. So, and and Brian Keating's been hammering this point. He he is tired of hearing about the red shirt. Like to hell with his red shirt is his his viewpoint. And I, I'm slowly coming around to just starting him against Texas and yeah. playing him. I mean, play your best players. Who knows four years from now. And another, you know, I use the Spencer uh, Rattler example for OU, like them sitting him behind a walk-on. But like Brian also provided a good, a good uh, explanation or example, rather. Like, what if OU was sitting, you know, Brennan Radley Hiles, their five-star defensive back? They were sitting him to redshirt him, even though he's their best option at defensive back. Just you're you're not giving yourself the best chance to win this season to preserve an extra year for like just just play your best players and And recruit more,
1: did you hear the so uh, several people tweeted this at us, but did you hear the uh, did you hear gundy on the his like uh, weekly uh, college or radio show? Someone tweeted i mean I didn't hear it what is what did he say? I went back and listened to parts of it. he he basically just went into this extended explanation of the fact that they're they feel like they're playing their best guys. he goes, could we be wrong? Yeah, sure. We could be wrong. And I'm like, yeah, that's all you've been about quarterbacks <laughs> over the years. <laughs> but apparently, I didn't hear this part, but apparently his, I think he, his kids got involved or something, like, to, like asking him, like, are you sure you're playing the best guy? And I I don't know. It sounded like just a rabbit hole. But uh, he he just seems to be like he's going down with Cornelius, you know? Yeah. And, and this is why how, I mean, how fascinating will it be let's say let's say they start against Texas the way they started against K State, and they're down seventeen to three with like six minutes left in the second quarter and they've just gone three and out for the third straight time. What do you do? You know, like I, I'm almost' I'm not I'm not necessarily rooting for that scenario, but in in a way, I kind of am. Because I am so fascinated to see what they would do if if that if that happens.
0: Well, and I, I tweeted about this. Like, if they go three and out or struggle early, like the the atmosphere at Boone Pickens will be unlike anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's going to be downright nasty, venomous. Yeah. <laughs> and I I don't think that's you know it's I feel bad for Taylor Cornelius for being put in that position, but that's what it's going to be. And I, I tweeted about that, and people were that were in the stands were tweeting at me saying, it's already there. Like we were, they, they said we were booing last <laughs> against Iowa state. That was before they scored 12 against Kansas state. Like there was, we want drew chance and I'm sure we want Spencer chance this week. So it's going to be ugly. And did, did you hear what the, <laughs> that's not even the craziest thing Gunny said this week, uh, Kyle, the craziest thing he said this week was, well, well, qu- quarterbacks, they get better after, after 15 games and you know, that's when they get better. <laughs> That's when they really get settled in. Well, Mike, he doesn't have 15 games. He's a redshirt <laughs> senior. He's not coming back. So what? That, that's another example that you've made the wrong choice at the beginning of the year. If you think if you think they don't play 15 games in a season, what is he talking about? I Maybe he thinks he'll get better when he
1: turns pro and Andre Ware drafts him. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Andre Ware drafts him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh... – I mean, I yeah, I get what he's saying, but to your I mean to your point, he's got and and that's sort of the looking back, that's sort of the whole deal here. It's like okay, well if and i guess I guess that going back to the beginning of the year, they just believed like, hey, we can have a really good year with Terra Cornelius because if you didn't believe that and you still started him, that is that's not good that is that is poor program management if you if you didn't think you could have a really good year and you still started this lame duck quarterback because he's only got a year left, then what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're not, you're not preparing for the future at all. And, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I wrote about this last Friday. I just don't, I just don't see any way they can't. Um, I don't see any way that they're, they're going to be able to sit since Spencer Sanders over the last four or five games. I think he, I think they have to play him.
0: Well, in A nationally televised audience on Saturday, too, Kyle. I mean, Herbie and Fowler are going to be in the booth for this. You want to talk about pressure to make a change at quarterback. If the entire stadium's booing and Herb Street is going, I don't know why Mike Gundy isn't making a change here, Chris. You know, that's going to be ugly. I mean, I I, I talked with Mike Gundy this week, and he he assured me that Taylor Cornelius was his guy. But (laughs) I've looked at the tape. He's not. A, he has to try the freshman, Chris. <laughs> Spencer Sanders is Texas Player of the Year. Have you been working on your herb? No, I just is on the spot.
1: <laughs> Are me and Herbie going to be on together on on uh, Saturday night?
0: Uh we're trying to book Herbie, but you're our backup okay. plan. So, uh, I, I w- wow, I, w- I would be ready. Wow. If, I would be ready if I were you. <laughs> so it
1: goes. It goes. Yeah, it goes pointing off the top, and then herbie but me if herbie
0: can't go yeah pretty much i'm i'm uh i'm cornelius (laughs) no then you you would be off the top if you were cornelius yeah if if i'm gundy that is
1: i was just thinking i've been here for six years and been waiting for my my chance and hey we had you on last
0: year at texas yeah We almost didn't. Satellite. Yeah, we had satellite issues, but uh, hopefully it goes smoother on Saturday. But looking forward to that. Looking forward to. I might. I'll try and stop by the, uh, the PFB tailgate. I should have. Yeah, we will,
1: uh, we'll, we'll tweet Facebook, Instagram, Carrier Pigeon out where we are. And, uh, you know, I don't expect a ton of people to come by, but if you want to come say, hey, get some free, some, some PFB swag, then, uh, yeah we'll have it we'll have free coop should be a good time we'll have oh we'll have free,
0: free beer who's not going to this tailgate? yeah
1: i know we'll have a lot of our uh, a lot of our writers there and ju- it'll just be fun to hang out before the game before it won't be fun to watch the game <laughs>
0: it's gonna uh, be interesting i'll tell you that
1: yeah for sure so we will see you this weekend carson and thanks again to justin williams for joining us today.
0: yep sounds good
1: okay I'll talk to you later